Hello, gorgeous soul. I'm Diane Bell, and this is the Aim from the Heart podcast, your weekly dose of tips, techniques, strategies, and inspiration to help you live a life beyond your wildest dreams. If you're ready to use the art of intentional manifestation to create more freedom, more joy, more abundance, and more bliss in your life, you are in the right place. Grab a cup of tea, pull up a chair, and let's have some fun. I am so glad you're here today. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Aim from the Heart podcast. And this is a very special episode where we have a very special guest, Dupay Witherick. And Dupay is a wellness, alcohol-free wellness and transformational coach who runs a business called Thrive Alcohol Free and also has written a book called A Cocktail of Clarity and has a podcast called Thrive Alcohol Free. You can find her Instagram at Thrive Alcohol Free. And the reason that I wanted to have the conversation with Dupay is that I feel like obviously our goal on Aim from the Heart is to talk about how to manifest our dream lives by living in integrity with ourselves, by living our purpose. And something that I don't even talk about that much on my own personal journey is the role that alcohol and my decision to not drink plays in where I am now. And honestly, I feel like this is such an important conversation to have because in our society, we are so brainwashed with the idea that drinking is normal, drinking is elegant, drinking is fun, drinking is sophisticated. In the coaching industry, we constantly see pictures of like champagne bottles and glasses of champagne as if it's the most glamorous, fabulous thing in the world. But I think there's another conversation to be had around it. And it's not about like, are you an alcoholic or not? Or is it dangerous or not? It's a different conversation. So Dupay, I am excited to have you here. So if you're like listening to this, you're like, well, I don't have a problem with drinking. Stick around anyway, because I think that there might be something for you in this, no matter where you are with your drinking, no matter if you're like, you know, thinking that you have a problem or you don't have a problem, stick around because I think this will be great. Dupay, can I ask you first of all, just tell tell me and, and the listeners a little bit just about you and your story and what brought you to this work? Ah, well, thank you so much, Diane, for having me on the podcast. I'm excited to be here and it's lovely to meet you. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I loved what you just said because a lot of people, when you say you you don't drink alcohol a lot of people jump to a conclusion of sorts and there's always there seems to be a huge stigma around it and it's it seems that if you don't drink you've obviously hit rock bottom or you had a problem or maybe you're pregnant or maybe you're just boring or whatever they're, they're, or that's a religious reason or whatever there's always a conclusion and it's normally the negative more on the negative side than it is on, on the other things um just because as you say, it's so ingrained in our society. And I was probably similar. You know, if I look back, I had a very, um, well, I would say I was a normal drinker. I didn't drink to excess. I would just have a glass when, as and when I wanted to, especially towards the end, I didn't really enjoy it as much. And I found I was only drinking because everyone around me expects you to drink. And then you'd sort of think, well, that didn't really settle on me um but I, if I go back you know as a in my teens and 20s you know I like to party and have fun and so drinking was probably a social thing and yes I would go out and drink with my friends and enjoy myself and have some really you know I've probably got some really fun memories in, in hindsight there were some you know memories that weren't so fun but on the whole they were pretty it was pretty good it was a good thing it was just it was just part of growing up it was being an adult you have a drink and and then in my um, late 20s, there was a 
bit of a tragedy in our family. And so I found that actually in order to cope with the grief, it was uh, having a drink was a way of doing that. So I probably started drinking more at home and drinking a little bit, you know, just to numb out the pain. Um, but again, I never thought it was a problem. I just thought it was normal. Um, I would say the majority of people are normal drinkers. I use the term gray area drinker. So a gray area drinker is effectively if you're not teetotal, if you're not abstaining from alcohol and you're not rock bottom, you're a gray area drinker. So that's a spectrum of one to 10 and you could be anywhere on that spectrum. And um, regardless, and to your point, if you're only drinking like one glass a week, but it's affecting you in some way, if you think your life can be better emotionally, spiritually, mentally, physically, in all ways, in some way by not drinking alcohol, then you can give yourself permission to choose to not drink. And so I got to, um, I was very fortunate. I managed to climb Mount Kilimanjaro um, in March, 2020. So literally I climbed a mountain. I summited on the 5th of March, came down and the world changed. And so a week later we were in lockdown. It was, you know, it was mad. And so I did this- Were you massive... back in the UK, just to be clear? Did you go back to the I UK? I got back to the UK. Yeah. I got back to the UK and then I, yeah, got back to the UK. A week later we were working from home and then there was this official lockdown. And then that, we all know where that led. And so I had done this massive thing and it was also, 2020 was the year of my 40th birthday. So that's why I wanted to do something big like climb Mount Kilimanjaro. And I didn't appreciate, well, I did. It was an amazing experience, epic experience, but it had a fundamental, I had a shift, I think, when I did this six day hike. And I just kept thinking there's more. I saw the world differently. I obviously wasn't drinking for those six days. And I just felt there was more that I could be doing more that there's, and I don't know if it was entering a new decade, I was about to enter a new decade and everything else going on, but I got back and then obviously COVID happened and it was sort of like that completely just went because we were just trying to work out life and what we're doing and what's happening around, you know, and I had a, my daughter was six at the time. So then you had the whole homeschooling thing. I was working. I found I ended up working a lot more because we were all on Zoom and just felt like everyone was just trying to justify work. And so I was on Zooms from like 7am to 7pm, wasn't really looking after myself, all the mummy memes and WhatsApps, WhatsApp groups and memes that we were getting were all about, oh, have a drink, you deserve it, you know. And so it just got to the point where I was working, doing a bit of homeschooling. My husband was very good, actually. He, I'll probably give him the credit. He did most of the homeschooling. Um, but I, you know, and then I... I would get to the end of the day and it'd be like, it would be a reward. You have to have a drink to sort of just relax. And so it became a bit more of a habit. And and so then it got to November and I thought, I just don't, I don't know why I'm doing this. And I think in the back of my head, I've been, I'd been thinking, I wasn't really able to celebrate the whole Kilimanjaro thing, but I had it in my head that this was a big thing. And actually I kept going back to there's more, there's more. And so there was an opportunity, my church was doing like a give something up for 21 days. And so I said, I'm going to not drink for 21 days. And during those 21 days, a few things happened that were just, I would say, I felt it was something inside me, something bigger than me saying, maybe this is something you want to do for a bit longer, because it might be a good thing in some way. And 
And I was convinced, you know, 21 days in, in November. So it was coming up to Christmas and New Year. There was no way I was going to not drink over Christmas and New Year. I mean, of course, you have champagne and you have this and you have that and you have all your traditions. So it was like, well, I'm only going to do in November. I'm only going to do the 21 days and then I'll moderate or I'll think about what I want to do um, and whether I just drink on weekends or whatever. Um, but then I found I've discovered a couple of things. I discovered TED Talks and a podcast and this whole community of people who were enjoying life without alcohol they'd chosen to do this they oh my goodness they decided they, they hadn't hit a rock bottom it wasn't like there was any issue they were just what I would describe as a normal drinker like me but they were then talking about this pink cloud and all the things that happened since and how they were now doing x y and z and their lives had even though they weren't bad before, and my life, I had a very good life. I wasn't, you know, it wasn't negative in any way, but it sort of just upped them in some way. They hit this 2.0 version of themselves. And, and I was fascinated by that because I'd never heard of it. As far as I was concerned, people that did a drink, I had all the preconceptions that whoever's listening is probably has as well, if they, they're still drinking, that if you don't drink, you've hit rock bottom, you, you're boring, you're, you, gosh, you, what do you do with yourself if you're not drinking? You know, how do you socialise? How do you what's live? Wrong with you? It is like, exactly. what's wrong with you? I'm, I'm Scottish. What's wrong with you? Take a drink. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly so and I'd be the one saying go on you know you want one um so it was it was interesting and then I read about an alcohol-free fizz an alcohol-free champagne sparkling wine really and I suddenly had this thought that I'd seen I'd seen it I felt like I knew it and I'd seen it and I thought I kept thinking why do I feel like I know this and the person who was writing was a, a a writer about of, of wine, fine wines, and said it's the best alcohol-free fizz that they've ever tasted. They were raving about it. And then I remembered I'd been given a bottle. And you're probably thinking, what? You know, that how'd that happen? And I, in that summer, someone had come to our house for lunch on a weekend and brought this bottle of alcohol-free fizz. And I'd and I'd looked at the person and was like, what the hell? Especially they then proceeded to drink my wine. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> why have you given me this? <laughs> anyway, I shoved it in the cupboard. Little did I know, a few months later, I'd read this article and then I'd, I started rummaging in this cupboard and at the back of the cupboard was this bottle of fizz. Oh, and yeah. I thought, well, it's going to be awful. You know, it's not going to be very nice. Anyway, I tasted it. It was good. And I mm -hmm. thought, so hold on a minute, I can have an adult drink what I perceive as an adult drink. It has no consequences. It's actually quite good for you. It was vegan friendly, gluten free, you know, halal. It was all, you know, all sorts of things. Very little sugar. And I can feel good the next day. And there are all these benefits of not drinking that I'm hearing about. Why, why don't I just go for 30 days? 21 to 30 days, that didn't seem too much. I'll do that. And then I joined the community and, and found a community and I did 60 days. And in those 60 days, I then decided that I was going to train as a coach and I started a coaching qualification. I started to do yoga. A month after that, I started running. I then, some, some things happened with my old place of 
work where I was working and I thought actually I feel like I need to look explore new opportunities and all these opportunities started coming and so there was a whole thing of I'd stopped drinking and suddenly my world had opened up and I'd found new passions and long story short I just felt that this was a secret that I didn't know about and I wanted everyone to know about it. And so I did my transformational coaching qualification and then I thought, what am I going to niche into? And as I was going through my own journey, I just thought, this is what I want to do. I want to help other women discover that actually if they ditch drinking, and for me, that's just the first part of it, get rid of that. And then it's the what next? It's how do you then fundamentally thrive in all areas of your life? And that's what I help women with now. So oh my gosh, I love it. I resonate with so much of this because funnily, I stopped drinking as well, like in November, the first the, when I stopped. And I stopped also, I was for I I decided not to drink for three months at the beginning when I said I'm not gonna um, drink, like I'm gonna do an experiment and I'm gonna not drink for three months. And I had gone to that thing of like the habit of drinking every evening really I had a young child and it was that sort of wine o'clock thing mm -hmm. how's your day you know like my husband would come home from work how's your day mean I'm like get the glass of wine out you know yeah. Yeah. right like I deserve it you know yeah, and totally. it was totally that and you know and when I stopped for three months I had the same thing of being worried about Christmas and New Year you know because I was like this is November and that means I'm actually committing to not drinking over Christmas and New Year and that was pretty scary also that year we were going on vacation to Mexico for New Year and I was like, going on holiday and not drinking, like, like no margaritas by the pool. What is this? You know, like, uh, really, is this, this is going to be like, this is going to be weird, you know, a new year without a glass of champagne or a drink. Like, what is that? Yeah. But I really had made my mind up and it was for me on the New Year's Eve. I remember that I was, so by then I was nearly two months into it. Yeah. And I remember being at the beach with my husband and I was saying, I feel great. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm not going to drink this whole year. Like, I don't know, I'm not saying never, but I don't think I'm going to drink this year because I just feel good. And like, why would I not, mm. not drink actually? Like, what are we, you know, what are we missing? I'm just wondering for you, when you decided to stop for 21 days, was it like, did that feel like daunting to you or in any way? Or was it just like, oh yeah, no problem. I stopped for 21 days. Was there any part of you that was like, okay, that feels challenging? Yeah, I did think, I, I, well, it's interesting. So my husband's perspective was, you'll do it, you're going to do it. But that's what he's told me since. He knew I was going to do it. But in my head, I tried dry Januaries before I tried, I'd said I'd stop not drink for Lent and things like that. And I'd get to probably week one and then think, well, I can drink on the weekends and I just won't drink in the week. And then before you know it, you've just sort of not done it at all. You've got to sort of the following Wednesday and you're like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't going to happen. So I'd never really, I'd never really managed to do a 30 day or 31 day um, or, you know, 40 day challenge. So I was a bit nervous that I wouldn't do the 21 days. But what actually happened the day before for some reason I mean I look back and I'm like why did I do that the day before I thought well I might as well have a last hurrah before the 21 days and I opened a <laughs> bottle of champagne I opened a bottle of champagne and I mean you sort of think that's such a waste really anyway I opened a bottle of champagne poured a glass and I literally had probably a sip maybe two sips and my stomach started to churn and it just made me feel this is the right time. There's something not 
that I'm just, I, I knew I wasn't, as I said, I wasn't enjoying it. It was just a habit that I had. Yes. Gotten into. And it's because it had been years and years. It's, you know, alcohol is fundamentally an addictive substance. And so regardless of who you are, where you're from, how rich or poor, whatever it is, or whatever your backgrounds culturally, anyone can, yes. anyone can get to the point where they are, find alcohol is a habit, at least a habit, mm-hmm. because it, becomes more addictive as you as you go on and maybe when you're in your 20s you don't really feel it but especially if you've had sort of 20 30 40 years of drinking whatever that even 10 years of drinking it then does start to affect you and it starts to affect your body in so many ways and we can go into that if you would like um but for me it was telling me okay something here needs to shift because if I'm having a sip and it's making me feel like that there's it's not agreeing with my body and it's not mm. making me feel good and I literally just poured the rest down the sink so you know I and then I thought well actually that's telling me I do need to stop so in my head I was nervous a bit nervous about it wasn't sure if I'd actually do it but I feel like I had this real sense of and it had been saying to me for ages just take a break Take a break and see what happens. Trust me and see what happens. And the truth will set you free came to me as well. And that was really weird because I was like, what truth? What free? What are you talking about? I haven't got an issue. There's no problem here. I'm a normal drinker. And what do you mean the truth will set me free if I stop drinking? Anyway, didn't know any of it. Uh, And so so I I thought, well, I'll do it. And the first couple of weeks were pretty miserable. (laughs) (laughs) pretty boring I was drinking you know I was drinking tea coffee water that was pretty much all I was drinking and I was going to bed early because I didn't want to and I was bored I felt bored I was like I've got what you know and I was so I'd end up reading um and then listening to podcasts that's when I then discovered that but I did find it really unsettling it was because you, yeah. you suddenly have all this time and you you don't appreciate how much mental capacity alcohol takes. You think you're just drinking a drink. You think it's just a drink and it isn't. It isn't about just going to the restaurant or the bar and having a glass of wine or getting to the end of the evening, uh, the end of the day and thinking I'll have a glass of wine. It's all the noise in your head before after during the next day when you're feeling not so great you've got that foggy head feeling because you're not 100% regardless of how much you drink you're never going to be 100% it's always sort of in your system as well because it takes longer than we think to process it and so when you're constantly sort of topping up you are you know each day you you're never really in a clear minded I love what you mentioned before too about this negotiation, right? Previously, like you would stop, but then you'd go, oh, well, I'll just have one at the weekend, right? I'll just have one, right? And for me, this was like a huge part of deciding to like stop completely when I did because, and I also had that voice in my head for many months saying, Diane, if you really want to achieve your dreams, if you really want to go to the next level in your life, you got to stop drinking. Like yeah. I kept hearing this voice and I was like, go away. Like, leave me alone. All right. I'm not like, I'm not over drinking. I'm not getting drunk. It's just a yeah. glass of Chardonnay, right? Yeah. Leave me yeah. alone. Yeah. And that's what I was saying to that voice. But the thing is, and it's just interesting to say that thing, because one of my like real, like realizations about this, was I was like, constantly negotiating with it, mm. right? Like yeah. it's that sort of thing, like beforehand, because if I didn't, negotiate with alcohol alcohol would knock me down basically that's how I felt right mm. so my negotiations were like it's okay to have one 
Like it's okay for me to have one, right? Like one, and then it's like, it's okay to have it the weekend. It's okay to have it, you know, and it's like constantly like having these negotiations about what's okay and what's too much, but what's okay if I'm going to this party. Okay, you can go to the party, you can have one, but don't have more than one. But then you get to the party, it's like, well, I've had one, but maybe one and a half, like just a yeah. little, you know, right? And you're constantly having these negotiations and waking up the next day thinking, oh, why did I have two? I said that was only going to have one. Yeah. And for me, actually, like one of the most like empowering shifts that can occur when we decide to just like look at this honestly and set aside all the stigmas and whatever it's just like it's like reclaiming our power because you're just giving your power to alcohol every day it's like this thing has power over you Hmm. and that's why you're having to negotiate with it yeah right and it's like negotiating with you know the way i see it's like it's like negotiating with an abusive partner or something who like like you know, it's like, oh, no, but the, the partner's good to me. They're really good to me. They love me. They really look after me. They make me feel good. They love me. It's so nice. But anytime that I sort of like take my guard down, they knock me out. Mm-hmm. You know, because that's how I felt with alcohol. That Like I had to be guarded with it because if I wasn't guarded with it, you know, I'd end up drinking too much and then I'd wake up feeling shit and being out like really out of integrity and really feeling sick, mm-hmm. you know, or feeling just not good in myself and being yeah. in that cycle. And it's like, okay, but but why do we, why do we keep, in your opinion, like, why are we so obsessed? Like, why is society so obsessed with alcohol being good? It's the only drug in our society where you have to explain not taking it. Like, people still think you're weird if you go to a dinner party and you're like, I oh, don't drink. And you try to do it, like, subtly. I actually now give people, and I'd love to, you know, hear your thoughts on that too. Let's talk about, like, the social aspects of it. Yeah. But, you know, why do you think that is that, like, alcohol is just so, like, 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 it's normal. And, mm. and, and, and not drinking is still not normal. Mm. It's fascinating to me. And I think it's just, it's just the way we have all been, it's been so, in, it's just ingrained in our society. That's fundamentally what it is. If you go, if you look at any, you know, TV programs, films, mm. um, you know, you go on to Netflix, anything you watch, you'll see people drinking wine and, and whiskey and everyone glamorizing it. Adverts, yeah. you know, at, at Christmas here, at least here in the UK, you go into a supermarket and it's it's just there. It's 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 constantly in your head. And I think even as you're and I and with having a nine year old daughter now, she's nearly 10. I'm really mindful that as a child you saw the alcohol for me you saw that's what how adults relaxed or that's how they had enjoyed themselves when we were, we went to parties or get togethers they you know that's it was just there mm-hmm. and that's what adults do and then you go to university for me I went to university and that's where my drinking really started I wouldn't say I drank much when before that um I'd probably tried a cider or two, but I had, I wasn't, I was more focused on studying at the time. And then I got, I got to university and I was like, oh, freshers week. And you have a whole week where you're applied alcohol, you know, and everything is around drinking and you go on these pub crawls and you do this and you that. And it's a way of socializing and relaxing and letting your guard down and just feeling like you can cope with life. And we've also, we've also been told a lot of things that are just simply not true. You know, we, I believed alcohol, red wine's good for your heart. So a glass of red wine a day was fine, you know, because it's good for your heart. I, we've been told that alcohol helps. Wait, can, you, can you just clarify? Is it not good for your heart? What's going on here? <laughs> no, it's, not good for you. it's not good for you in any way. 
Um, I, I still but, believe that, by the way. I mean, I didn't care about it because I was like, the best yeah. outweigh that, and there's so many other ways for me to like yeah. my heart. But I still you can just have a blueberry or a grape. You don't need to drink to get okay. the antioxidants. The antioxidants that people say that you get from red wine is it's, it's lie. Um, okay people say you know it helps you sleep it's the worst thing for your sleep it reduces your cycles rem cycles which is your effectively your deep sleep where you really get that rest so any even if you have a glass it's going to reduce the number of the sleep cycles and that means you wake up feeling not rested you also wake up in the middle of of the night as well i'm sure you a lot of people do, do, do this they'll wake up at three or four in the morning and then start berating themselves and realizing it because you just don't have a good night's sleep the other thing that is really i wasn't aware of is that alcohol actually exacerbates anxiety depression stress it doesn't help you relax it doesn't help you to um yeah doesn't help you anyway and then from a gut perspective it is really bad for your gut and then obviously your liver is trying to process all the other things like your processed foods and the climate you know the, the pollution that comes through your body and everything else it's trying to process that putting alcohol on top of it is working even that your liver's work your body's working really hard and it's just there's nothing it shrinks the brain there's so many things that it does that are just not good and if alcohol was introduced today in 2024 and it didn't exist it would not it would be classed as a class a drug based on the harm based on what it actually does to the body and fundamentally if all of that isn't enough fundamentally alcohol is ethanol and ethanol is what we clean our houses with and we fill our cars up with so if you can imagine, and this is what something that hit me really hard when I first stopped, when I when I said I'd take a break, I think it was a, probably a month or two in, I saw a picture of a woman drinking out of a petrol can, out of a fuel can. And obviously she wasn't, literally it was for effect, but that's effectively what we're doing. We're drinking petrol or fuel. And surely that can't be good it's for organic us. Organic rosé fuel. <laughs> right <laughs> it's got this in and it's got that in it's good for you yeah i mean <laughs> that's it that's it yeah and then obviously the, the you go into the bars the way they do the the, they, the way they lay the bottles out it's all an art it's yeah, all i know it's, it's all incredible there. you know we were walking through the airport the other week my kids and i and obviously you come through the duty-free store to get to the yeah. gates you know you have to walk through the store and yeah. those alcohol bottles my son's like oh they're so beautiful you know and i was like they really are yeah you know what? it's incredible yeah. how they they make it just so stunning and yeah. i mean i feel like the conditioning it's so deep and this is why i'm so here for this conversation because i just feel like you know, we're just so deeply ingrained in this idea that it is normal, that it is a normal part of adult life, that if you don't, like, if you have a problem with alcohol, you have a problem, right? Yeah. Alcohol isn't the problem, exactly. you're the problem, right? Yeah. Like, you have a problem. Yeah. And yeah. you're either a normal drinker or you're a problem drinker, Yeah. right? And a problem drinker is somebody who can't control it and who's going to hit rock bottom, and a normal drinker is somebody who controls it. Yeah, it's right? everyone, for everyone it's else. Yeah. Well, we just control, we just control <laughs> yeah. our drinking. Yeah. Drinking is good and drinking is happy and drinking yeah. is fun and drinking is glamorous and all the things that we tell ourselves that drinking is. Yeah. 
And personally, I have to say, like, I mean, I was so ingrained in that. I that was, even, absolutely. You know, like when I was in my 20s, I started doing yoga and I really got into yoga in a deep way and into meditation. And I became a student of Thich Nhat Hanh, this Vietnamese Zen monk. And I spent a lot of time in his monastery. And one of his things was like one of the mindfulness trainings, the ethical codes was like not drinking alcohol. And I really struggled with this. Right. And, you know, like I remember somebody once asked him, you know, because his monastery was is um, in uh, France in, in the Bordeaux region because he was exiled from Vietnam during the war. So he had set up a monastery there and we were there in Bordeaux region surrounded by vineyards, you know, yeah. and and somebody asked, you know, they said, I know, like you say, don't drink alcohol, but you know, like in our culture, it's normal. In our culture, it's a pleasure, right? In our culture, like, you know, is it really so wrong to have one glass of wine? And he said, if you look deeply at that glass of wine, you'll see suffering. Yeah. Right. And, and it really like, it really stuck with me. And at the time though, I wasn't ready to hear it. At the time I was still like, I, I get it, but also it can be a good time too. <laughs> you know? And I think though, like having these conversations of just like saying, you know, just, just for people to like to be able to look at it in a different eye, like to just take yourself out of that conditioning of like where we think it's so beautiful and glamorous and fun and really question it i just feel is a good thing and, and it doesn't matter if you end up saying like actually i like you know i do feel comfortable with it i don't lose my power to it i feel an integrity with it it feels good to me i feel like i'm living my best life with it great yeah but if there's anything in you it feels like maybe, like maybe I don't feel 100% in integrity with it. Maybe I don't feel entirely empowered with it. Maybe I don't feel like this is the best choice for my body, my health. Then if somebody's in that position, what would you recommend is their sort of like next steps? What would you say to anybody who's yeah. listening to this? Is like, I'm, like I'm starting to question how I do drink or, or my or my relationship with alcohol. What, what would you recommend they do? Yeah, take a break take just take a break and it could be you know you said you you did three months that's that's a lot to a lot of people I did a 21 day break I have a 21 day kickstart um challenge that I do um and where I where we really explore what alcohol is and what alcohol isn't and you sort of get that mindset but also think about creating an alcohol-free toolkit which are things that you can do now that you you're not doing um now you're not drinking you you can actually find new hobbies passions etc so we talk about that how do you tackle alcohol free firsts etc um so i'd certainly say take a break for 21 days 30 days 60 days whatever it is and be experimental look at it as an experiment and never don't say i'm never drinking again i don't think that's helpful and it will no, also I, still don't think I didn't say that and i know that i could have a drink tomorrow i choose yeah, to have here. a drink tomorrow yeah. because i know i know everything <laughs> about it i'm like why would i do that to myself and fundamentally i also think from a manifestation perspective from a really having that connection with whatever it is you're you're connected with for me it's god but for others it's you know having that connection and really hearing from the holy spirit for me it's been amazing it's changed my whole faith journey and spiritual journey um so i would say take a break and then during that time watch yourself and look at other people and and really think about why why one do i want to take a break so know your why start off with that but then also think about what is it that alcohol gives you versus what it is you think it 
you know what do you think it gives you why do you like it but then why don't you like it as well and and write about it journal and just sort of make a note of those things and then also think about how do you feel each day how have you felt what is what good thing has happened from it the day that maybe is due to you not drinking or what are you proud of for not drinking um and just monitor it and look at it as an experiment and then also read you know there's so many resources you could either read a book you could listen to podcasts there are lots of podcasts out there mine's thrive alcohol free but you can listen to any podcast and just hear you have a book right yeah and that's my just, book is a yeah. cocktail of clarity um so that's my book um what is the what is the book like i mean is it is it practical advice about how to do it is it like what it, it what is, is it it takes you through three stages um from foundations to first to freedom and it is a interweaved it's got it's my mm-hmm. story but it has lots of tips and tricks and recipes and um say mocktail recipes it has breathing exercises talk about values there are various exercises you can do along the way at the end of each chapter you have questions and an action to do as well so it's a really practical guide as well as just understanding a gray area drinker's perspective uh, someone who hasn't hit rock bottom who is like you i would imagine who's listening just someone who who is who's a normal normal drinker who's decided to take a break and it's it's my journey as well so um wow. so i i i feel it's that would be a good start as well yeah so um, clarity a cocktail a, of clarity cocktail of clarity yeah and you can get it on amazon paperback and kindle nice um because i feel that when you do make this decision it's one of these things because the flow of our society is so much in the favor of alcohol right Mm -hmm. like everything is normalizing alcohol and carrying you down that river Mm -hmm. that like when you decide to take a break you need to get some tools and you need to get some support because it's not it's not easy like you mentioned before that you had done it before but never gone past a certain date I don't even know I'm trying to think I stopped when I was pregnant I don't like I oh, yeah I did drink when I was pregnant as well yeah <laughs> like I'm just like reflecting on my like previous times I think those yeah. were the only times I mean with my first child I actually probably didn't drink for about a year after he was born too like I, I kept it going for quite a long time mm-hmm. and it's incredible that I didn't actually get the memo just like stay off it then because mm-hmm. life was better you know but somehow I you know I got sort of drawn back mm-hmm. into it um with my second I didn't like I stopped during the pregnancy, but I think I started drinking wine pretty soon afterwards. Like like I didn't have the same sort of like dedication to the idea of, you know, mm-hmm. of it. but beyond that, I don't think I ever like beyond that, I don't think I ever did any, you know, I'm just thinking, I don't think I ever, you know, maybe like a short, very short detox. But I think it's that thing that um, I think I was scared to because I thought I would fail. Like, you know, the idea of dry January or something, you know, when I was a drinker that I wouldn't even do it because I thought I'm not going to do that because I wouldn't, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to make it. Yeah. So like counting myself out. And I would just say for anyone, if you're thinking about doing it, like do like set, like set yourself up for success by reading books, getting into podcasts, listening to it, because it really will fuel you. I know that I did this when I decided to stop for three months. Like I pulled on a lot of resources because yeah. even though it wasn't, I mean, was it hard? I don't know that it was hard. I threw everything at it because I was so determined. 
Mm-hmm. You know, so just what you're saying, you know, like I was listening to podcasts. I had the, um, uh, you know, some sort of like subconscious hypnosis reprogramming that I listened to every night, like the stop drinking yeah. hypnosis, <laughs> right? You know, I was reading books. Yeah. I didn't, I obviously didn't know about, well, your book probably wasn't written wasn't there. there then, no. Yeah, you know, um, but I, I I read some books that definitely, like I just threw it all, because I was like, I've got to do this. Like I'm doing this, you know? And I do think it takes that level of determination because if you're sort of a little bit half-hearted, like, well, I might just like stop drinking for a few weeks and see what happens, but you're not really determined, you'll probably go to your sister's birthday party and have a glass of wine yeah, or whatever. And it's really, it's really easy to do that because it is a really uncommon thing to do. You yes. know, people just don't choose to do this. And that's why I'm, I'm on such a mission to get the message out there to as many people as I can, because I do think fundamentally by getting rid of this one thing, it opens up the doors to so many possibilities. And most importantly, to you becoming your authentic self, your true authentic self, who Amen. can really be present and notice and just be. And I be love peaceful that. with that. Yes. Something that I really noticed when I stopped drinking was how much more present I was to the people around me because mm-hmm. I realized previously and it's funny I was like nervous about going to social e- events mm. initially without mm. having the crutch of alcohol yeah. and I realized previously how because I'm basically an introvert although I might not seem it and I realized that previously what I would do at social events was immediately look for the wine That's and true. actually spend quite a lot of my time at a social event looking for the wine Right. Like, you know, I'd be like halfway through the glass thinking, oh, wonder where the wine wearer is. Do you know what I mean? Already. Right. And, you know, oh, is it too soon, though? Should I have another one? This is my brain. Right. While I'm actually talking to somebody. And so I'm not I'm not talking to them. I'm not present to them. Like I'm I'm actually like present to the alcohol. Like and I really didn't realize this so fully until I stopped drinking. And I, I don't know, like just when you said that thing about presence, because I feel like one of the most beautiful gifts that I did not anticipate from not drinking is I actually enjoy social occasions so much more in a very real way. And it's completely different. And I feel present. I'm, I'm like, I'm awake to them. I'm there. Mm. I'm there to the people. I'm there to the moment. And I'm not like actually missing it because I'm like looking for the wine bar. It's so true. And I think that's the case for so many things. I mean, I, I, I you talked about your first holiday, going on your first holiday and a holiday, alcohol-free holidays are just amazing. <laughs> Again, <laughs> I just didn't appreciate that people are up at six walking along the beach and just really quite, it's a peaceful, it can be peaceful, just stunning sunsets, sunrises, just really seeing that water and the clearness of it and just being wherever the beautiful place is taking in all the sights and actually just not thinking right where's the nearest bar that we're going that's what holidays were it was sort of there was you know, if you yeah, think about totally. if you think about a holiday what were you planning oh i want to go to this restaurant because it's got nice you know it's got nice reviews and it's got nice wine and i'm going to go to this bar because that's on the beach, and so on the we'll beach. Yeah, exactly and and it was all revolved around that so actually going and seeing waterfalls and actually seeing them and not waking up feeling hungover and then going on a, an excursion and thinking oh I really can't be bothered where's the, where's the nearest bar so I could just sit and <laughs> have a yeah. drink 
and that's what holidays were. Oh, holidays, so we can have a drink in the exactly. middle of the day, right? Day exactly. drinking. I get to the airport at like seven in the morning and I must have a glass of champagne because that's how you start a holiday. You know, oh. I mean, in hindsight, for me, I just think, wow. I know. I'm not enjoying it. Someone's no. I spoke to someone the other day and they said they got off <laughs> they got off the plane the first time they went on a holiday and hadn't had a drink and weren't drinking. And they said, Oh my goodness, it's amazing. I thought they said, I thought that every time you get to a new country, it was like the humidity or it was the thing, but it was always a little bit foggy. And I thought that was just the, the country. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> I've been drinking on the plane before I got there, you know, and so they were just blown away by this beauty that was there and the the heat and whatever. But it is it's it is it is shocking actually how much alcohol has taken over the world mm-hmm. and has and even countries that didn't used to drink or it wasn't really as present are now thinking because the western world because the us or the uk whatever has done it we need to do it because we are now up and coming country we're doing really well so all the people in those countries are saying well we need to have parties and they have to have champagne it's aspirational absolutely it's aspirational right those bottles that look so seductive and you know and seem so incredible yeah it's it's just a lie though i love that you touched on this thing just now and you mentioned in your book it's foundations first and freedom yeah. which I freaking love because I just believe the the word that I tend to use isn't sober. If people say, you know, like I don't call myself sober. No, sober sounds so depressing. Yeah. Sober for me is like, you know, in the sober light of morning, you know, <laughs> here's the sobering fact. It sounds awful to me. I'm like, I'm not sober. I'm alcohol free. Yeah. Same. And, like, yeah. and the word for me is free because yeah. I'm like, when you pass this, when you like go through and I love that you say foundations first and then freedom, yeah. I get it. Right. Because I'm like, when you pass those and you actually embody this as a lifestyle, you you feel free on a level you've never understood. And when I see people like on those planes, you know, drinking that drink or, you know, like on the holiday at the bar or whatever, like my heart kind of breaks off. I'm like, you're a prisoner, you know, like you're, you know, you're caught in a cage and you think you're free and you think you're having this great time and you're not. Yeah, exactly. I I love it. I love, I can't remember who said it, but someone described it. Do you remember the film Limitless? With, um, anyway, this guy takes this limitless pill and he's clear, he's he's walking around in a bit of a grayness. And then as soon as he has this pill, everything comes alive. He's quicker at things. He's able to do things. He's just on fire. And you don't need a limit. You don't need a pill. Just stop drinking. That's exactly what you get from not drinking. That's it. You know, one of the people who sort of guided me a little bit or who I helped, who helped me make the shift is a coach called Brooke Castillo. I don't know if you know her. She has a podcast called The Life Coach School. And she did a series of um, episodes on the podcast about controlling your drinking that I really listened to. And she had stopped drinking. And she really, she was a real inspiration to me, actually, to, you know, to explore not drinking. And mm-hmm. she had a course about not drinking that, as I say, that really helped me. Yeah. But one of her things that she said is, you know, you don't realize that you're drinking in order to escape the prison every day, right? Like you have that drink so that you can escape the prison. She said, but you don't realize that the prison is the drink, right? <laughs> you can actually like never go back into the prison, right? Like it's the alcohol that's holding you there, basically. 
yeah you know? that's exactly what that's exactly what I teach you know because fundamentally you are it's not the drink that you want it's the feel what is the feeling you're trying to to create or what's the feeling you're trying to escape from that's fundamentally what it is and if you can answer those questions you can then do something differently to taking a drink which is the automatic us it's all because of our subconscious it's all, uh, it's all that is so powerful though that is so powerful and that makes me think of i once heard this quote and it was like the opposite of sobriety isn't um isn't uh the opposite of sobriety is not isn't not drink isn't no the opposite of our uh, the opposite of addiction isn't sobriety it's connection you've heard yeah. that I think it's maybe Gabor Mate. When I heard that, that changed my life. Like, I mean, honestly, it was one of those things because I realized for me in my 20s where I had very unhealthy drinking, right? Like, I, you know, like binge drinking and, you know, that whole sort of like thing. And, you know, I realized in reflection, it was all about loneliness and seeking connection, right? Mm -hmm. It was like so obvious, you know, that that's what I was seeking through that. And it, that was the only way that I knew to find it, you know, like go to a pub, right? Mm -hmm. And you'll find other people to drink with. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And and you and you have connection, you know, and it's yeah, it's but uh, this is yeah, very, very powerful to know that like what you're seeking is not is not the drink. It's something else. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Just before, because we'll be wrapping up shortly, but there's one thing I want to ask, you know, just about that, the social aspect, because I think something that scares people about not drinking is like, how do you deal with you know, like the girls night out or, you know, your a dinner party with your neighbors or whatever, right? Like, how do you do that if you're not drinking and how do you navigate or parties or Christmas celebrations or family things or whatever, if normally a big part of it has been alcohol. So do you have any words or thoughts on that? Yeah. And there's a whole section on my book where I cover lots of different potential firsts. Um, so yeah, if you want to find out more, go and do that. But fundamentally it's being prepared. It's planning. And it's one knowing what you're going to say when people ask you and be very confident in that answer and if you're early days you can lie I don't encourage lying but you can tell a little white lie you could say I'm on antibiotics I'm doing a health thing I'm doing whatever if you don't want to make a big deal about it you can start with that but if if um alcohol-free drinks don't trigger you if you don't think you're going to be triggered by them I certainly suggest there's such a range now if I look back three and a bit years ago there was hardly anything and now there is such a range in most places you can get something and so I would go I would if you're going to a bar with your with your girlfriends you know say check before and see what they've got in terms of alcohol free if they haven't got anything um think about a mocktail that they can maybe make for you or you know a lime and soda because that can look like a gin and tonic really so again just think about what you're going to drink when you what you're going to say what you're going to drink and be um make it if you it, you have to make this a non-negotiable really so if in your mind you really you're really clear on your why and you're clear that this is a non-negotiable when people then say to you oh go on have one the easiest thing to do is think about your why, know that why you're doing it, but then just change the subject really quickly. Just say, no, I'm quite happy. I'm going to have this because you already planned it. You already know what you're going to drink. I'm going to have this. I'll actually, yeah, I will have a drink. And you don't have to say, I'm not drinking. Just say, I will have a drink. I'd, I'll have a 
how about this or how about that because then that also psychologically doesn't make you feel like you're depriving yourself you are still having a drink it just happens to not be an alcoholic one um so and then just change the subject everyone likes talking about themselves so ask someone a question then before you know it they've had their first drink and they're not even thinking about you and I think that's the challenge a lot of us think probably too highly of ourselves we think everyone is thinking about us everyone cares about what we're doing fundamentally everyone is thinking about themselves that's it you know and they, they might make a big deal about it and you might think because it's your thing you might feel like it's a massive thing that you're not drinking but once they've had their halfway through their first drink they won't even remember you're not drinking and you just carry on as normal and then watch them and you'll be so surprised you'll be like oh my goodness I was like that uh, you, oh, yeah. as they start to slur their words or as they start to repeat the same story and have an exit plan you don't have to one before you even go there you can say no to something if you don't if you feel a bit too like it's going to be too much set the boundary say no you're allowed to say no you don't have to just go to things because you feel that you need to people please or whatever say no fundamentally if you don't want to go but if you if you are going know that you have an exit plan and that you can get home you're not dependent on someone else to get home and just leave you know if you've had enough just leave so but I I do want to say it's so much fun and you realize that you are fun you're not boring because you're not drinking <laughs> and you can actually dance alcohol free <laughs> I've done it many times yeah. and I've loved it so. me too me too I actually say you know because people like sometimes still I'll be catching up with an old friend who you know is assuming that I'm going to be drinking I tend to like over the years I've sort of figured for me a strategy to let people know beforehand sometimes yeah. you know just as a heads up I won't be drinking yeah. so it's yeah. not an issue on the night you know and, and and I say to them you know but I promise you I'm just as much fun as ever you know yeah. like that's like that's kind of my my thing and I've found because you know something that I found awkward a couple times here in Spain I mean here I am living yes it is drenched in the booze well, i um, lived in spain for a year and i yeah yeah it's so much part of the culture and yeah. i like it's interesting because i feel like you know previously i was in the united states and actually not drinking there was much more socially acceptable and socially normal you know it, it didn't really raise so much um like surprise from people here it really does yeah. you know people are definitely it's really so it's been, I feel like it's slightly been more challenging. It's funny, my husband had this conversation. We, we were talking about this. I, you know, I said that, like, sometimes I'm like, you know, maybe I should just, and then I'm like, but the, I don't want to. Like, there's there's not, because people here are so, you know, it's that little glass of kava, the little glass of wine. You know, people come to your house and they bring a bottle of wine, you know. And, and so I've sort of, like, that was a big thing for me was, like, what do I do? Like, now I feel like I want to let people know before they come to my house. So I say, hey, feel free to bring wine if you'd like to drink some. We'll have some here anyway, but just to let you know, I don't drink it. You know, because like it's been, it, there have been a couple of awkward moments where people have brought a bottle of wine and they're opening it. And they're like, I can't wait for you to taste this. It's such a good wine. And I'm like, I say, I don't drink wine, you know? And I feel it doesn't feel good because someone is, you know, they're trying to give to you, yeah, it, you know, and it's part of their culture and they're excited, this vineyard that they know or whatever, you know, and it's like, I don't drink wine. And you feel like this sort of like massive, oh, um, party pooping yeah. sort of thing. So I don't but know. But again, it's your choice. And again, it's, you know, everyone has a choice and I'm not anti-drinking, by the way. No, I, I'm not either. I, I I'm not either. Like, I'm, I'm totally happy with everybody drinking. Yeah, That's what I say exactly. to everybody. Like, I respect whatever decision people yeah. make and whatever they want to do. It's absolutely fine. Yep. But again, I think 
we put it on ourselves that we're offending people because we're not drinking and surely (laughs) when you say that out loud you think well that doesn't make any sense at all does it because if you're vegan or if you're vegetarian you say i'm not having i'm also meat. vegetarian i've been vegetarian since i was 13 so i've navigated yeah. that all my yeah, life exactly <laughs> but it's a similar thing isn't it i've it's navigated sort of, it all my life it's a choice and yeah. so again if that's your choice people yeah. should just respect people's choice it's all about yes. social inclusion it's all about and i think people do respect it but you know it's that thing that they feel you know like if somebody's bought a really nice bottle of wine that they're excited to share with you you know it obviously feels a little bit like there's oh. more for them there's more for them yes i love that attitude i love that just it's not about <laughs> it's not about you it's about the other person and so let the other person be the other person let them do it and just say well you know i don't drink but that means there's more for you enjoy it you know that's it it's just i love that change the change that. the reframe it yes reframe okay so we'll wrap up in a minute i'm just wondering if you have any other thoughts ideas that you would like to share on this topic yeah, I just, I, I'd like to just say, you know, if you are, if you have been thinking, if you've had this sort of nudge or niggle, thinking that maybe not drinking could be helpful in some way, whatever way that, whatever that is, to take that break, be brave and give yourself permission. I want to give you permission because I think a lot of people feel they need to, they're waiting on someone to say to them they're allowed to do this and it's not an issue and it's you haven't hit rock bottom there's nothing wrong with you you're not you know I'm giving you permission today to take that break and on the other side of it I promise you it's magic and you become so brave you realize that actually being alcohol free is a superpower and you can do anything and so I hope that encourages you today. Ah, oh, I love that so much. And I could not agree more, you know, and I hope this conversation does inspire, you know, someone somewhere to just, yeah. you know, question that relationship to see things in a slightly different perspective and maybe give it a shot. Because I know I can honestly say like giving up alcohol was one of the single best decisions of my life. And yeah. my only regret is I didn't do it earlier. And I can yeah. honestly say life has got better and better and better since I did it. Absolutely. Um, and that I wouldn't be sitting where I am today if I hadn't done it. That's you know? amazing. Yeah. And five years is incredible. You've, you've done amazingly, amazingly well. And, you know, though, uh, as you know, like once you've made the decision, it's kind of, it's kind of, yeah. it's kind of done, you know, and it's who you are. It's just who you, yeah. you know, it's your identity now. Absolutely. And that's the other thing. That's probably something worth mentioning. A couple of things worth mentioning. The identity piece. That's fundamentally all it is. You are it, it's it's hard to shift your identity. And mm. and that's where that's the starting point, really, because if you've always been the Prosecco queen or the gin and tonic, the one with the gin and tonic or the hostess with the mostess, which involves making drinks for everybody, that's your that's just become your identity. So as soon as you can let go of that. Um, and think about values and all of that to, to help you drive that that helps and then f- finally you've said that you you said giving up and I don't like the phrase giving up because you're not giving up anything you're only gaining and so that's why I say ditch ditch drinking or stop drinking or whatever because I, I don't want people to feel that they're deprived and that they're yeah. giving something up so again if you're listening okay. you're not giving up you're only gaining 
Ah, oh, I love that. Thank you. And thanks for pointing that out. It's so funny, these little turns of phrases that we don't even notice, you yeah, know? Exactly. Yes, I love that. Because definitely you are gaining. That's why I say I say alcohol free, because I feel free. Agreed. I think, you know, ditching the alcohol, yeah. you've only got things to gain. And you just and what you gain is your freedom, your peace of mind, you know, and your power and your freedom. So, Dupay, thank you so much for being here today. Oh, and just again, um, Cocktail of Clarity is your book, just so that people can find you and your book. Thrive Alcohol Free. So it's one word, Instagram. Yeah. Thrive yeah. Alcohol Free. Yeah, Thrive Alcohol Free. And my website's thrivealcoholfree.com as well. And my podcast is Thrive Alcohol Free. So it's all the same. <laughs> and, there's, and do you have actual programs that people can work with? Yeah, so I have, um, I have an online course self-paced course if you want to do that which is based on a cocktail of clarity called a cocktail of clarity and i also have a 21 day kickstart um challenge that i do uh which is a combination of group coaching and one-on-one -on -one coaching to really help you on your first 21 days i run those every month and then i have um Thrive Alcohol Free Society which is a signature group coaching program everything is but around everything is based on my thrive af method which is um which is what i base all my work on so that's i love that i love that i do one-on-one so -on -one, one -on -one coaching as well yeah fantastic so if you're thinking about doing it i would say check out dupay's offerings and and that would be an ideal way because i say i definitely feel like when you do this it's smart to get support because you don't want to be like struggling and support is there for you Thank you so much Absolutely. for being here. Thank it's you, so Diane. Such a wonderful conversation. Really Thank appreciate you. you. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast today. If you enjoyed it, could you do me a favor? Please leave it a little review wherever you're listening to it or screenshot it and share it on your social media and tag me so I can see it. I would be so appreciative. Thanks so much. I love you and I'll see you soon.